You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. Today we're chatting with award-winning author, therapist, and the creator of The Process Way of Life, Foss Ruggiero. Foss has been a therapist for over 40 years, counseling everywhere from inpatient facilities and prisons to nursing homes and major corporations, and counseling everyone from veterans and first responders to couples and families. He has used his process way of life to help more than 2,000 clients and wrote about it in his book, The Fix Yourself Handbook, teaching the process to help people realize and unleash the power they have inside themselves. So that is exactly what we're going to do today. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And without further ado, welcome Faust. Thanks for inviting me. Oh my gosh, welcome to Thrive. I'm so excited to have you here because your research and your work and counseling really fully embodies what it means to go from simply surviving to thriving, which is what we are all about here at the Thrive Podcast. So welcome. Kick us off with telling everyone a little bit about you, your story and your work. Well, you know, if you look at me, uh, the, the professional side is is the uh, is the counselor. I've been doing this uh for almost four decades, uh, last 30 in private practice. I've been in prisons, uh, counseling, and uh, rehab centers, and women's centers, and all different kinds of places. And, uh, you know, that that's me. I, I'm I, I'm the, the kid who in high school everybody came to talk to, you know, and uh, <laughs> problem. So I guess it they worked out well. <laughs> they chose my career for me, you know. <laughs> and uh, personally, I'm a, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a very passionate person. I'm, I'm the guy that gets up every morning and says, okay, Lord, let's go. What do we got on hand today? And, and let's go get it. You know, So that's kind of how I live my life. It's how I counsel. And that's where the book came from. I love that. So what is the process way of life? Because it sounds, it sounds awesome. So <laughs> tell, us what all of, tell us what it is. Now, you start with the concept that everything we have is already inside us. We become a population of people who... Uh, who, who work from the outside you know we, we we watch things we watch what everyone's doing we try to assimilate all that in and we take it in and and then we try to uh, to make that part of who we are we'd be a whole lot better off if we just go inside and get what we have it's already there and then uh learn how to use that so the processes are things that i teach people simple things like honesty and trust and communication gratitude, humility, you know, all those types of things. But I teach them how to incorporate those things systematically into their lives so that they can get the toxins out. You know, they can go from what you call a a mere survival mode where the day kind of just works its way through to one where you get up and you're really happy to be in every moment that you're living. That's what it's all about. So I guess diving right into that too, how does someone start, you know, because it's, it's on the very first page of your book where you say everything you need to be happy and fulfilled is already inside you. So what is the first step to understanding and really truly believing that and that it, that it is something that you have within you already? You know, and uh, I, we started off and we went there, you know, uh, we've got to work from the inside, so we've got to we got to establish a starting block, some place 
that you know where we can say okay i'm not happy i need to just stop for a moment establish you know define what it is that i'm not happy about where and, and maybe where i want to go a lot of times we don't know where we want we want to go we're so steeped in the unhappiness that moving in a forward direction is just so difficult so the first step is just to stop i call it taking your yourself off autopilot uh and, and be able to start getting, you know, engaging your brain because you're going to have to make some decisions. That's the first thing I get with everyone. Let's start by where you are right now. I love that. I love that in your book, it's, it's at the end of every chapter where you call it processes to employ to really just bring everything to life. I wish that more personal development or self-help books actually had that because so much can feel very lofty and people can breeze through and go, okay, but like, what do I do? So I love that you break it down in a very tactical, here's what you do. Step one, step two, step three, improve your life. <laughs> it's something that I feel like so many more people need. You know, if you think about it, nothing, it, when you read the book, there's nothing revolutionary. I, did not, I didn't want to write that. I didn't want to write something new and trendy. I wanted to take really what we do in counseling, which is you come in, we establish where you are, and then we start looking at all the things you have to do uh, to, to make your life uh, something you're happy with. Right. And, uh, you know, at the end of the chapter, I should be telling people, do it this way. If you, it, I, I've given you all the information. That's the way the chapters are laid out. Here's the, here's the problem. It, here's all the information you need to know about it. Now here's what you need to do with it. And the other thing I wanted to do was make sure that when they finish the book, they can go back, you know, okay, and maybe I'm not being grateful and it's really getting in the way. I can go right back to that chapter and I can pick that up. So it's a reference book rather than trying to find where that was somewhere in the book. I, I like to go back and I like people to go back and say, hey, that's where that part was. And I can go reestablish those steps because it's not about whether or not you're going to lose it. You are going to lose it from time to time. Life gets in the way. So I want to go back, you know, it's kind of like, it's like my clients always say, I wish I could take you home with me because we're, <laughs> we're, we're in here doing this. And then I go home and I forget something. So, I, you know, that, that addressed that one little piece. Mm -hmm. So in, in what you just mentioned too, this is also one of the first things in the book and getting off of autopilot. Um, that was actually huge for me in creating Thrive when I found myself in this survival mode. And I was like, you know what? Something's got to gotta move here. And I have to intentionally step into a different place. And that was kind of, you know, the catalyst to get to a place of thriving instead. How do you identify whether a routine in someone's life is healthy and necessary as a routine or whether it's unhealthy and in need of some TLC and some, some shakeup? You know, in the book, I, I talk about balance, uh, internal balance. And, and I talk about the physical, intellectual, emotional and spiritual parts of us. When we're going to do something and it's not going to be in our best interest, it's not a good decision, we're going to find some unbalanced. We're, we're going to find uh, emotional uh, pressure, anxiety, that type of thing. We're going to find intellectual conflict, decision-making problems, uh, worry, all those kind of things. We're going to feel those right away. Our body is going to feel the stress. You know, when you're doing something that isn't good for you or you've been doing it for a long time and it's causing you problems, your body begins to feel all of the you know, the, the intensity, it, 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 you get uh, just worn out over things. Uh, and spiritually, you disconnect from the, the, the internal part of you. So that's how I always tell people, if you're making a decision that's wrong, all you have to do is monitor what's going inside. And again, that's part of what I teach. Uh, learn how to monitor yourself, learn how to know when things are going off track, because we normalize very well. And we think that what's going on 
is really the way it is until you stop and really put your your mind to all these things it's hard to understand that things you're doing that are wrong but you you, you feel the imbalance right away mm-hmm. what do you see then as the balance or the the interplay between what you just mentioned the physical the intellectual the emotional and spiritual attributes how do you see them working together interesting to ask that um we, we, we started by saying everything we have is already inside us. So they're already, we are already experiencing that interplay. As you and I are talking now, it's physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual inside of us. It's already going on. So what I'm teaching people to do is, is to understand how to make those, those components work together. An example, um, I'll give you a humorous but a, a serious example. The, the pandemic hit and people reacted emotionally. And of all the things that they focused on, it was toilet paper. <laughs> of a complete emotional reaction. And, and, and then it became an obsession. Mm-hmm. And then we went to gloves and we went to sanitizers and what have you. And now you still, and the shelves are still kind of there in places. Because the emotion, you know, our emotions overrode everything else. If we would have stepped back and said, okay, now I'm going to go in a balanced format. I'm going to take my emotions and hold them for just a moment. I get to express them, but I'm going to get my mind over this first. I'm going to let my mind work with the facts so that when I emote, I'm going to emote in a healthy fashion. Um, my body then isn't going to go through all this insanity because, you know, that's the other thing. People have just went physically went crazy. They put on 30 pounds because they stayed in the house and did all the things they did. So it's about learning how to just make them all work together. Uh, and not have one overriding the other. That's all. Mm-hmm. So for for people who are more emotionally driven, like myself, but who like logic and being able to actually tie things together, where do you recommend people actually start in in monitoring that sort of balance between everything? Because I know, like I always say to people, you know, you want to pause to respond instead of react. So it's more of a thoughtful thing and not just a quick spur of the moment reaction, but what's something that listeners can maybe practically do at home to kind of gauge where they are at if they're not necessarily the most self-aware as of yet? First four chapters I write in the book address just that. And I, like you, I come from an Italian family. Yeah, the same. (laughs) (laughs) And you emote loud and with your hands. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it goes. Everybody else, right. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I, and I know that about me and I do, the thing is, I like that emotional part of me, but I didn't want it to override all of the rest of the stuff. So first four chapters, I talked about the first step, slow down. Very rarely does the, the world require our immediate reaction. Ooh, Usually. that's so necessary. People forget that in this world of notifications and instant gratification, like that is important. Yeah, we, we don't need it right away. And if we can get that in our minds and, and, and say, okay, I'm going to just slow down and catch my breath and think first. Now that's the second uh, part of uh, the second chapter, which says uh, you get, your, it's called I over E, get your intellect over your emotion. doesn't mean we're going to be like the, uh, Mr. Spock or something. It just means that what we're going to do is say, let me put some thought to this because I want to express my feelings later. I want them to come out. It's healthy for them to come out. But I want the right ones to come out because if the wrong ones come out, I just create more problems for myself and everyone around me. And then, and then the whole thing just, you know, just continues to snowball. 
So I say, let, let's get the, the information. Intellect over emotion, then fact finding. Very simple. If we would have done this with the pandemic, we could have said, which is what I actually put out, all, most of my people were doing this. They were saying, okay, let's look at this. Do I need to rush out and, and hoard all these supplies? What happens if I get the virus? Well, I'll be in my house for a few weeks. <clears throat> I'm sure I have enough family and friends who will go to the store for me. I didn't need to do all this stuff. I didn't need to get all insane over this matter. Uh, I'm in my home where I have everything I need, probably. Uh, so we would, we would have rethought this and we wouldn't have gone into the hysteria we went into. Um, so I, I said, Let, let's get the facts. Then we put a plan together. Okay, based on this, on this information, all these facts, I can put a plan together. So the starting spot is that slow down. Nothing happens until we slow down. We, we're not going to uh, become more intellectual. You know, as you, I love intellectual pursuit, but I know that I've got to get all the facts in order to do that. And, and, and it's, it's wonderful when you get the information, you know what you're doing, but you can't get it fast. You have to slow down enough to identify your sources and what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. So those first four chapters are the most important. And then they come uh, into, I bring that into a, a process that I use. It's called uh, present, understand, fix. And that is that every chapter in the book is, is written with that in mind. You present the, uh, the problem, you get all the information so you understand it, and you go about fixing it. it, it it's very simple when, when you look at it. I love that too, because I feel like, especially as emotional beings, oftentimes we can overcomplicate everything and overanalyze everything. And people, I feel like there's probably people listening who are going, well, no, my situation is so much more complicated and how can you simplify it? And da, 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 da. You can't just do these three steps. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think we all fall victim to overcomplicating everything. And really, if you eliminate as much of the emotion from something as you can, you really can break it down and like, a, okay, what's the first step? Now what's the second step? And now what's the third step? And you can move forward productively without having a freak out over it. And it, it yes, works. It works very well. And then, you know, using your format, you're talking about uh, thrive versus survive. When they say that, there's your survive mode. I'm just trying to get by. I can't do all those things. That'll never work for my situation. And what I've always told my people is that's just a kind of intellectual way for you to tell me you don't want to do the work. Oh, yeah. Really, that's really, you know, <laughs> I have to get real honest with people. I said, there's going to be some work, but we didn't say it had to be drudgery. You know, changing yourself should be a fun enterprise. If you're willing to slow it down and really just say, okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to do the work. It's not going to be the most comfortable part of time in my life, but I can make it a whole lot better if, I, if my attitude improves just a bit. Because there is going to be work, and that never changes in life. It's always absolutely. I think that acknowledgement and acceptance that it's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it, is like one of the first steps. Now, I'm not the therapist, obviously, so I could be totally off on that, but it feels like a good first, good first step. It is step. the right step. That decision to say I'm, I'm going to put the time in. Uh, that's the one that, if you don't make that, when that time comes to do what you have to do you will essentially be using your energy to fight yourself. You'll need to move, because if you're gonna go change some things, and I don't care what it is you're doing, the more positive, the more energy that you're able to apply to that situation, the better off your outcome is gonna be. Mm -hmm. But if you're working against yourself and you're saying, you know, you walk in and say, I hate this, I, I, 
you're, you're, you're gone before you start. But if you're walking in and saying, you know what, it'll be rough, but I'm going to do the best I can. Maybe I'll get 50% out today. Maybe tomorrow I'll get 60. Uh, I'll just do the best I can every time I do it. You're in a good place. You're in a good place too, because I feel like that mindset also allows for, it allows for bad things to happen. And it gives grace in saying that too, because you're not just saying I'm going to be the best out of everybody else, or it's not even, it's not too specific or it's limiting you. It's just saying, you know what, wherever I'm at with whatever I have right now, I'm doing the best that I can. And that's enough. And that's what I like about the process way of life. It acknowledges that we're going to continue to be challenged, but it, it, it presents itself as a, a powerful system that says no matter what comes up, anything that comes up, this program can deal with it. All I have to do is become proficient at it. And it's not like you have to become proficient next month. If it takes a year, if it takes two years, that's okay. I think a person should feel that they're worth the time it takes. Mm. You know, because what you're doing, it that, that, that's your first definition of loving yourself. I'm willing to take all the time it takes to make me better. And if you're willing to do that, you know, that's great. If you're not willing to do that, I think you're really saying something about how you feel about you and how much time you're willing to give yourself. That is so important. I feel like everyone needs to hear that again and like really chew on that personal question. Like, are you, do you think that you are worth it? Do you believe that you are worth the work? Because... I don't know, that's a hard truth for people, some people to answer, but that I think can lead to some, some breakthroughs if people really will answer it honestly for themselves. Yeah, yeah. you know, I talk about brutal honesty a lot, uh, going, in, going into yourself and, and finding what's in there. And when I, when, when I first present that to people, they say, oh my God, I'm gonna go get all this ugly stuff. It's not all ugly. There's a lot of, that's where you're gonna find the beauty of yourself. That's gonna, where, you're gonna, where you're gonna find all that good stuff you're gonna move forward with. But, until you get to that point, you keep on denying and telling yourself stories so that you, you can avoid either the pain that comes along with change or looking at a, a version of you that you're not real happy with. So it's a lot easier to throw some quick fixes in, uh, some defense mechanisms. And that and again, another way to, to talk about surviving is using all these defenses instead of just getting honest and saying, okay, you know what? I'm a good person with a whole bunch of things that have to change. I'm willing to do the work. Let's go. And, and, we, and I mean, I'm teaching this to people. I do it every day. It's not like the world stopped challenging me. So <laughs> I, yeah, I wrote a book. Now I'm great. You know, it didn't work that way. I have to apply these things every day, just like everyone else. Right. But once you have that system, you know, you always have that tool to go back. It, it's a it, it's a far more empowering way to live. Absolutely. So what's your process for goal setting effectively? You know, I get, I got that a lot and I actually put a chapter in it with, uh, with that uh, because people were so destination oriented and they, they would start, you know, at the beginning and then they would say, well, I'll be a whole lot better when, and well, okay, well, how are you going to make when happen? Um, so I, I talked and I actually helped them set up goal grids, which, uh, it's just a, a simple personal business format. It's nothing more. And I tell them, set yourself a long-term goal, something that you would really want. It, it, you know, in the book, I, I use a, a pastry shop. Okay, you're going to set up a pastry shop. There's your long-term goal. Under that long-term goal, you're going to probably need two or three short-term goals. The long-term goal may, be a, may take you a couple of years to get to. Uh, the short-term goals may be three, four months, something like that. And under that, those short-term goals, 
be the action steps. Those are the ones you do every single day and they have to be done. Those are the ones that have time, uh, time limits on them. You know? So, you know, I, I said, you know, a, a, a secondary goal might be, I need to save $5,000. Well, okay, now how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to take this part-time job and I'm, so, and I'm going to, I'm going to get that in, try to get a job in two months or, or so, so I, I'm setting everything up with time limits and then I get to, and I help them get to goals. Now those goals could be concrete goals or they can be personal goals. It, it's, it doesn't, doesn't mean that it's something that means you're setting up a business. Your goal may be to, to become a, to be, to become a more honest person. Oh, let's look at what's getting in your way. You know, so I, everything we do has this system with it. Set the goal, set some uh, uh, small, uh, shorter goals to get to, to get to it and get to your action steps. And, and when you do that, everything is really pretty easy to do because it is the plan, mm-hmm. which is what you have to have. And working backwards like that is so helpful too. It almost reminds me of like how they say hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like that's mm-hmm. why backwards planning your goals works so well <laughs> because it's like you're looking at it in hindsight almost to figure out, okay, there's where I want to be. Now let's walk the path backwards to where I am now to figure out how to get there easiest. And, and, and you're right. And, and it gets you away from being the dreamer to the doer. Mm. Another thing that it really, if, if you want to be a person that's going to be a, someone that, that, that thrives, you've got to be a doer. You've got to get, you have, have to be actionable in your own life. You know, there are a lot of people that say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a singer. Okay, okay. how are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. And, and then they just look at you. And then 20 years have gone by and that dream is gone where, are you going to take singing lessons? Are you going to decide what type of music you want? Are you going to play uh, any instruments? And, yes. Are you going to set this whole thing up and put it into action? And, and I, you know, even writing a book, you did one also. You, 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 you have to plan that out. There's mm-hmm. a whole thing. And then you got to say what everyone, you know, what so many people uh, deal with that, which is, will they like it? Will the publisher, am I going to get an agent? Am I a publicist? And, and you start working with all these concepts, and it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But one by one, it really isn't. And that's what I tell people. Just take one. One mm-hmm. item. Put it into action get that one done, go to the next one. And, and your plan eventually evolves. Yeah. No, that's so true. That is, that's a mantra in my book actually. It's called, what are you going to do about it? Literally just, okay, so you want to do X, Y, Z. What are you going to do about it? Like, you can't just sit there and keep talking about it because, hello, nothing will happen then. <laughs> like, you have to do something. It's like, there's there has to be some sort of action. It's not, it's not just going to fall into your lap by the grace of God. Like, you have to do something. <laughs> It's funny when people counsel with me after a while and they bring something up and they say, all right, I know you're going to say, what's the plan? You know, that's kind of the mantra on my end. Let's get it going. I said, I don't care what you do. You may go on the Internet and research it. Okay, Mm -hmm. write it all down. But start somewhere and then have a plan for that day and one you're going to back it up with. And if you're not sure what to do, go talk to someone who does know, but get it going and keep it going. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how big the step is so long as you take a step. That's what I always tell people too. It's like, it's no one's asking you to run the marathon right off the bat. Right. You just got to put on your running sneakers first. Like you can't just, you don't have to go and do the whole thing. You just got to do like something that will get you sort of closer to the end. You know, and, and you don't realize how much wisdom is in that. It's, it's the difference between being an action person or not. It's that old body in motion stays in motion thing. 
if you if you are an action person, you will continue to do things. If you're a person who thinks about it, overthinks it, dreams, does whatever, and then there's no action, all you'll do is repeat the sequence over and over again. And then you will realize, as you put it, you're only surviving it's day to day and you're just doing the same thing all over. Uh, but you know, when you challenge yourself and you get into action, you, you, and the, th the thing is you're going to fail on some of this. If, if you know, I, I tell people, if you think getting into action means, wow, now I got it. No, now you're going to fall down you're going to hit your head and you're going to put a bandaid on and get it back up and you're going to go start again. Mm -hmm. But the key is every time you do that, you learn more. And every time you get up, you become more powerful. Yes. So true. I think people, people are so afraid of failure and even goal setting sometimes because they think that there's this discomfort that's going to be in the inevitable horizon and they're just like automatically scared of it. I love in the book you mention um, a quick way to get started with practicing discomfort or really living more intentionally in a space of uncomfortability. Uh, since as we all know well, nothing good grows in comfort zones uh, and we need to practice, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. So can you share that quick tip with everyone listening? Sure. You know, first of all, you know, we, we fear um, what, what, the final destination. You know, we start thinking about something and we think about all the work that has to be done and what I have. And, and then we start getting uncomfortable. So before we get um, uncomfortable, we make ourselves uncomfortable. Example, if, I, if I'm going to be a person that wants to work out, okay, and maybe, I, maybe I'm 50 pounds overweight or whatever. Okay, I'm going to go work out. I'm, I don't have a lot of strength and my core is not so great and all those. So, you know, I'm going to go there. Oh, this is going to be drudgery. I, so what am, what am I going to expect? I'm going to be in pain. Now they're going to tell me about the diet I have to have and I comfort foods, you know, that go with television. And then I'm going to have to have to uh, you know, get up tomorrow morning and I'm not going to feel good. And, I, and then I got to set the time out and do it. And plus, I hate physical workouts. On the other hand, if you say, you know what, I know this is going to be the uh, uncomfortable. I'm not going to go down tomorrow and do my first hour workout. Maybe I'm going to go down for 10 minutes. I'll do, I'll get on my hands and knees and start my push-ups that way. I'll do a couple jumping jacks or, or run in place and maybe I'm able to go for 30 seconds. Tomorrow, I'll come down, maybe I'll do 35 seconds. You're not training your body, you're training your mind. That's the mm. key that people have to work with. And then you get to the point where you say, wow, I just was on the treadmill for 20 minutes. I, the next day, I I cranked it up a little bit. Now I'm doing a little faster. Well, now I, I raise the incline and all now that, that uh, discomfort zone is now one that we're using the challenge and the challenge creates more success. So back to the question, how do we do it? Start small, whatever you're able to do that day, do it, but keep it consistent. Because mm. the uncomfort that, that whole discomfort zone we're talking about, that's why people quit. Mm -hmm. and, and the other thing you have to know is when you get in in the beginning, if you're expecting a payoff, you're not getting it. It's not there yet. The, I, I talk a lot about living in the moment. Make that living in the moment while, while you're uncomfortable. Make that something that you learn how to enjoy. And, and, when, and until you get there, you're going to say, what are you, crazy? I hate that. You want me to go enjoy it. 
it's not about enjoying that. It's about joining you in that. Mm. That's what's different. I'm in this situation. Look at what I'm doing. It's not about, don't, I, if, if you don't like exercise, me telling you to go on a, tw- a, tr- a treadmill for 20 minutes or a half hour, you, when you first hear it, you're going to say it's crazy. But if you say, I'm the person that's going to wrap myself around everything I do, that's a whole different way to look at things. I love that perspective, especially because the change happens to you and in you in that moment of pushing yourself. So if you shift your perspective and think of it like that, like you're on the treadmill for for that time and you think you're struggling waiting for that payoff, but the payoff isn't when you are getting stronger. You're getting stronger right now as you are pushing through. Right. So the payoff might be what? You look in the mirror and you look stronger. Okay, but you are stronger as you break down your muscles in that process. You're not, you're, that's, that is when you are having change. So that's something to like sit back and be like, all right, change is happening. Like it's happening right then in that moment. And that's something to, to really hold on to. And you're also challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, in the thrive mode, you have a real good idea of what your capabilities are. It's not just being happy. It's knowing where your power source is and how to apply it and feeling that. That survival mode doesn't know where the limitations are. I don't know how long I could be on that treadmill. Could I be a person that goes on for a whole hour? I, I don't know that because I've never tried. Mm-hmm. So I don't get to know who I am. You know, and we're asking people to love themselves. And before that comes like yourself and before that comes know yourself. Oh, yeah. And, and you really got to know who you are because the, how can you like what you don't know? How can you learn to love someone who doesn't even know if you like yourself? It doesn't know, you know, how you can apply yourself in situations. You're untested and then you're fearful. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people it's, it's, it's getting in there and challenging yourself. See what you can do. See how far you're capable of going. You're almost always going to surprise yourself. Oh, absolutely. I love that. And speaking of living in the moment too, uh, we talked about this uh, about happiness on, I think it was episode 15 of Thrive with a positive psychologist named Dr. Wendy O'Connor. She was great. But just in sort of um, reprogramming your brain. So if you're more of maybe a self-proclaimed pessimist and, and shifting your perspective to create happiness instead of you know, waiting for it to hit you, hit you like a bus and you break it down in your book, um, into journey living versus destination living, which I think is really powerful. So can you dive into that more? It kind of goes right off of what we were saying with living in the moment, but explain that a little more. We tend to be destination people. We tend to be thinking ahead and what will, what can we get? What might happen? And you know, which, which, it causes us to become very neurotic and very, very worrisome people. Um, and, and also what it does is take us out of the moment we're living in. And you and I right now are having a podcast. We're enjoying it. We're in the moment. We're doing what we're doing. If one of us is saying, you know, what are we going to do tonight? I wonder what's on television. I can't wait till that movie comes on. We're no longer here. So, so what we've done is taken some of the energy and move it somewhere else to a time that has not come. Maybe the electricity will go out tonight. The movie won't even be on. (laughs) No, we don't know any of this. So what we have is the moment we're breathing in. That's the part we have control over. That's what we should be giving all our energy. And the more energy we can put in that moment, the better we feel. And all those moments eventually make the sum total of our lives. And I had say to people, do you want to look back and say, well, 
I went on 15 vacations. Those were really great. And um, we, we built that on the house. When you talk to people, they give you these milestones, but they don't give you what they call the mundane times in their life, which is where the majority of the living occurs. Since it's the majority, wouldn't you want to make it the best? That, 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 that's my way of looking at it because I'm living in it every day. So I'm going to put all my time into making all those little moments the best that I can. Absolutely. I love that. Ties right back into Thrive too. So what mm -hmm. a perfect full circle. What have you seen to be maybe like the, the biggest common threads connecting clients, especially since you've worked with so many people across so many different waves and walks of life from, I mean, what, recovering addicts to business people? Are there any struggles that seem to be more consistent across all different ages, groups of people, anything that kind of stands out as like, this is a really common thread that humanity struggles with. Yeah, you know, uh, the thing that we, we struggle most with just is our fear. Uh, we, we're so concerned about what might happen. You know, you, you can take uh, the person who's the blue collar person working in the foundry, and then the, the corporate executive, and they're both afraid of different things. Um, all the things we've talked about, are all experienced by everyone, but the presentation is different. It's sort of like, you know, you go out and buy the, the luxury car, which really sits on the economy car's frame. It's the same thing, and we drive it the same way. It just has more bells and whistles in it. And so we're all experiencing exactly the same thing. We, we think, we feel, you know, we, all, we do all that the same way. We just, have, we just apply them differently in different situations. It's very rare that... that people would come in my office and I'd say, well, that's a whole new kind of thing and a whole new problem area there. It's really a repeat of the same things with different trimmings. That's mm -hmm. all it is. But the neat thing about that is if you can embrace that, then you realize we're all the same. And if we can do that, we should be able to love each other a whole lot easier. Mm, so true. So good. Can you give us some, some practical, real advice for really readjusting our sales for the rest of 2020 because obviously i mean it's been it's been a lot of a hot mess express for so many people for so many reasons and i know a lot of listeners have been feeling like they're struggling to survive let alone thrive so since so much of everything has just been hard I mean, I think it can feel kind of trivial or silly to say, just choose happiness with so much of reality for so many people feeling like a, like a constant slap in the face. So how can we realistically assess where we're currently at and really just reposition ourselves to make the most of what's left of 2020 and just have a better tomorrow? Well, with that, we're back to that part where we say, okay, we know some of this is going to be uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. We are not through this virus yet. And we've done a whole lot to keep it going, unfortunately. So the first step is to say, okay, it's here. It's still here. I, and, and, and what people are saying is, well, I'm done with this. I can't. No, you're not. Realistically, we are not done. So the first thing you're going to say is, it's still here. If I want to, again, use all my energy against myself, I can do that. I'll be miserable. I'll turn the news on. I'll see all the, this insanity. I'll watch that. I'll binge on it. I'll do whatever I do. Or I can say, all right, this, I've been through this once. I know based on that, I know my, I'm strong enough to go through it again. I got to stop uh, telling myself I can't. And that's where it starts, that internal language. I tell people this all the time. We think with language. 
we spend most of our times our, our time in our own heads and we tell ourselves all the things we don't want we we actually seek out what uh, needs to be changed and what, what we would rather have and what's bothering us rather than saying look life is okay i gotta start talking to myself a little better i gotta tell myself you can do this i gotta start putting positive things in my head so i can bring them into my environment the worst thing i saw through this pandemic is what people is the way people are talking to each other and themselves you know la language you know expresses what we uh what we think but it also influences and often creates what we think mm. and when your mind here is over and over again negativity you know you can talk about thrive or survive sometimes you're a little bit lower than just surviving you're barely making it through because you're really assaulting yourself it's what you're doing and i tell people you got to pull away from that it's it's what we're in it's not going anywhere i don't know when a cure is coming out some people say six months some people say a year i have no idea and there's no point in trying to figure it out do what you have to do make your life uh, something that can be happy your question is how can i be happy in the environment that i'm in and if you're not dealing with uh, disease or abuse or what something you know really traumatic it's not that difficult but you got to talk to yourself the right way you got to mm -hmm. tell yourself you can like in any other situation and you put that action plan in place then you execute it do you have any sort of morning routine or like any sort of daily ritual or mantra or kind of something that you do consistently and that you recommend consistently that is like positive self-talk for people yeah i do uh i i found i i realized a long time ago that uh to get through life you want to be wise enough to be able to make good decisions and, and, and understand information and i realized that wisdom came from two other sources and i thought it was going to be from my brain but it really is from humility and gratitude mm. and when we get to the point that we stop being as arrogant as we are and i don't arrogance isn't arrogance isn't only something that comes into your face very subdued kind of arrogance where we you know entitlement if you will we believe that we should and this is the way things are going to be and it's not fair if i don't get whatever it may be we have to get away from that type of thing so i look at every uh, moment of my life if i can I, I, with humility so I, I don't get beyond myself with with gratitude not for anything to what i'm getting I like to take the gratitude from inside me and move that out and wrap it around everything that's out there. Uh, and, that, and that helps me create a very passionate way to live. And, you know, so, and I'm not talking about a intense passion. I'm just talking about a, an absolute love for what's going on in life. And so again, I'm, I'm, I'm working from the inside and everything I do, I am the owner of, I am accountable for, and I wrap that around everything else. So if you can do that, and, and the program definitely gets you there. But if you can mm -hmm. do that, that's my kind of way of living every day. Uh, it, it changes the way life looks. I love that. That's so powerful. And I see that too. It's like, even if you just can notice the little things and understand that they now are the bigger things, like just really enjoying your favorite cup of coffee. Or I see this now since we have a 22 month old, it's like looking at life through her eyes where everything is, wow, like, wow, these things that we completely take for granted every day, 
oh my gosh, it like totally changes your perspective. And now the greatest thing in the day could be that you saw a butterfly fly by your window. <laughs> but it really does do, it really does improve things just for like in taking those little mundane things and making them a little, a little less mundane. You know, and, and, and that's right on target. And when you're trying to get the, the huge, huge you know, destinations, those are the little things you lose along the way. Mm -hmm. That's what slips by you when the butterfly was there and you didn't even see it, you know, uh, or, or the babies, it makes, makes a, a sound you never heard or that first step or, or, you know, you, you look at that as the chore, I can change the diapers, do all the, where you, you, you don't, you don't understand the joy that's there. So yeah, all the little things are in fact big in their moment mm -hmm. and all the moments together, they create the story of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, I want to get things wrapped up by asking you two questions that I ask every guest who comes on the Thrive Podcast, and that is, what does thrive mean to you, and how do you strive to thrive in your own everyday life? To me, and we really gone through the whole uh, interview with, with this concept in mind, thrive for me is balance, right? For me, is getting to that point of, of internal balance. Um, where physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual are all working together. Uh, at that point, I am understanding me, I'm loving me, I'm able to turn that love out to the rest of the world. And so for me, the, and in the book I call it pure love. For me, love is not heart and head, love is spiritual, if you really, really get down to it. So when I'm thriving, my telltale sign is that I'm loving everyone around me. So, I've, I've taken it from here and I've taken it and I've moved it out to the rest of the world. Now I know I'm, I'm in the real life. That's awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on Thrive. Tell us where we can find you online and how everybody can get their hands on a copy of the Fix Yourself Handbook. Okay. Uh, the website is mynamefaustregero.com or you can type in Fix Yourself Handbook. It'll get you there. The website is dedicated solely to the book. Uh, everything from chapter outlines to media things, anything they want to know about the book, it's there. Uh, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the usual retailers, it's there. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Thrive Boss. It's been awesome. It's been my pleasure. Thanks. Wait, before you go, if you like what you just listened to, drop us five stars on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. And if you're on Instagram, snap a screenshot and share to your story with what episode you're tuning into and tag me at Erica Legenza with what part resonated with you the most. That way I can see what's helping you and your friends can pick up a helpful tidbit too. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.